Texas Jack and the Timber Island, or Parted Lovers Reunited, a poem from the book Mayday Dreams, Passion Flowers, Poetic Flights, and Prosy Thoughts by Sam Brown Jr., the Cowboy Poet of the Platte, 1890. Part First The time was noon, a summer's day, and all was still. The beetle's drone had died away, and silent sympathy, a stream went by, all hushed its wanted crooning. The summer wind had ceased to sigh, nor answered once the fount's complaining. A sense of rest was in the very air. No song of birds, no hum of bees, no voice was there. No cloud hung in the sky. No hut, no habitation might you see. No life, save yet one horseman miles away, across the prairie moving wearily. But who is he, and what his quest? Who scours the plain, nor halts to rest when nature's self lies thus, by sleep oppressed. The steed was dark, a mustang fleet, with taper limbs and racy head. It was indeed a noble steed, and o'er the prairie lightly sped, with graceful gallop, proud and slow. The rider was a handsome lad, of sunny port and manly brow. His hair was of a dusky dye, and loved to cling in clusters brown. His form was clad in clean buckskin, with silk-embroidered shirt and sailor tie. A broad sombrero shaded perfectly his high, white forehead from the sun. Upon his foot the high-topped boot of Johnny Cowboy fashion shone. A lasso dangled from his saddle horn, and o'er his back, in handy manner flung, a heavy, short, repeating rifle hung. Two double-acting pistols and a bowie blade were belted loosely at his side and he was all that any maiden might wish for in the shape of man. Half cowboy and half scout, he seemed a youthful errant knight, dreaming ever of his lady bright. A laughing gloom was in his eye, a sleeping shadow that did seem the lingering image of some lovelorn dream. But why delay? You all have heard his name, his many a gallant deed, and of the black steed that he rode o'er many a dark and dangerous road, afraid of naught, the living nor the dead. Twas he, twas he, that famous scout, bold Texas Jack, the lightning shot, and lo, his course lay toward the wood, that little leafy prairie wood or island, as is known, upon the prairie, a spring o'ergrown with cottonwoods, wherever is sweet wild currants and red roses, where fruits and flowers ever be, and all around the grass grows juicily. A mile away, and all its loveliness it lay, that little leafy prairie wood, that little shady silent mott, a mile away, so cool, so shadowy, a mile away, a lovely spot indeed, a mile away. And winding by it, gleaming in the sunlight, like a shining silver thread, like the fabled serpent of the sea, that famous river wound, the sunny silver bosom plat. A mile away, so cool, so shadowy, but lo, behold that rider and that steed. Now have they marked the wood, the river spied, and swifter, swifter o'er the plain they hie, till lo, the trees before them loom invitingly, and now they halt, the saddle is thrown by, the bridle stripped, the steed set free, when like two brothers of the desert hot, 
they seek the shade, the wellspring cool and sweet. Their thirst soon slaked, they hie away, the beast to crop the juicy hay, the youth to seek in bushes green, and coverts dark, the crimson plum, and currants, gold-hued and red, the cherry bunches black and bright, thus fed, anon they seek repose. The steed beneath the leafy trees, the youth beside the gurgling fount, whose music, welling low and sweet, soon weaves a charm, a witched spell that chains the very fibers of his soul. Afar, dim as a dream, he sees, or seems to see, a shadowy concourse rise, a specter band, as slight as fays or elfin men. They sink, they rise, they dance before his half-shut eyes. Scouring across the prairie bright, Spurring their tiny steeds of white Like demons o'er the infernal wild. They hop, they skip, they leap, they slide, Whole furloughs seem to glide behind at every stride. But no sound is wakened by their hooves, For muffled is the courser's tread, And the wildflower's buoyant bed, And the eye alone, no other proofs, Point out the fact that every tiny specter moves. Yet hold, they hide, they flee, they sink before his half-closed eye, they fade out and grow dim, they vanish like a dream, and all that world is lost to him. That fairy world, those phantoms grim, and all is vanished and forgot, till lo, and once again a happier vision glads his sight. A wilder fancy yet, among far-off scenes, by waters bright, he seems to sit upon the green marge of his native river, and distant, flowery, southern lands the blue sky calmly bending over, himself a boy again, his childhood's friends around him, and his heart's first choice sitting by him mid their summer trees. Yet lo, and once again the scene has changed. Amid the gold-colored flame of morning, by that same stream, silent with grief, lamenting all his days with gun in hand, he seems to stand awaiting an order now to fire. The word is given, both rifles flash as one, loud rings the crash, and lo, his foe lies bleeding there, stark dead, yet he had shot to only wound, and not to kill. He leaves the ground, an exile now, forever, and forevermore. Beyond all words, his soul is grieved, a curse like his Cain never wore, for he has killed, O oh, heart bereaved, the brother of the girl he loved, and now he seeks the western plain, all cheerless, and his soul forlorn. Poor Texas Jack, how pure thy spirit was! Outlawed amid the scenes around thee, dreaming of home and concord sweet amid those tribes of blood, amid those savage scenes of borderland. Thy soul at variance with thy roving fate, with thy wild life and hardy deeds, pining for love and soft hominial restraints, amid the freedom of a lawless wild, a land where passion claims but power for her lord, and man obeys no master but his mood. Poor lovelorn, dreamy Jack, the world hath judged, yet known thee not. The world hath called thee wild, inebriate, a mirthful, bold, but reckless scout. Yet, oh, what melancholy and heartache were thine! How tirelessly upon thy track, care, despair, and sorrow ever trod! Alas, alas, poor boy, thou now art dead, deep in the mountain's bosom laid, close by the blue Arkansas River, where the rocky ranges tower in air, thy sky-kissed monuments forever. 
There amid the storm hills capped with snow, there amid the highlands wild and blue, calmly thy tired bones are sleeping, o'er thy dust the pine trees now are weeping, and far away, sighing plaintively, the voiceful winds sing requiems of thee. Alas, poor Jack, untimely dead, thou liest in thy narrow bed, far from thy native land removed, among Virginia's purple hills no more, no more beside the blue Atlantic shore, no more amid the pine woods' hallowed gloom, no more the sunlit rippled stream at eve shall see thee coming home. Flown thy spirit is from earth forever, a better world thy search hath found, thy fancy's own, own happy hunting ground. Departed hapless scout, adieu, sleep soundly while to you I build this artless rhyme, perchance a little time thy structure frail may stand, humble and perishable, the hasty work of a careless hand. And yet a little while, we trust it may endure thy cenotaph and mine. Part Second In the island of the prairie, in that little leafy, shady wood, sleeping calmly, dreaming sweetly, cares and troubles all forgot, mid his fancies roaming lightly, still unconscious lies the Texan scout. Now no more those demon legions grim, now no more those elfin riders trouble him, yet onward, onward still they come, but earthly now, no longer airy and phantom-like as in his dream. Onward, onward still they come, onward o'er the prairie green and flowery, onward, onward in a line, like an oriental caravan. Onward, onward, silent at the tread, of camels o'er the desert's heated bed. Onward, onward, like the Arab dry, when the spring of desert meets his eye. Onward, onward, thirsty, weary, Onward, onward, still they hurry, onward o'er the boundless, pathless prairie. At an easy gallop come they, gently rising, gently falling with the undulations of the plain, like the wavelets of the ocean, like the billows of the main, like the roses of the meadow when the zephyrs play among them. Brightly show their guns and lances, brightly show the burnished badges of their broad and dusky bosoms, brightly show their robes of purple, Brightly show their robes of crimson. Brightly show the beaded trappings and the gold and silver mountings of their bridles and their saddles. Gaily blending in the sunlight with the verdant herbs and grasses, with the laughing sky and mountains, with the fragrant buds and blossoms of the wild and rolling plain. Onward, onward, still they come, panting ponies all afoam. Not a single respite take they, not a word or sentence speak they as they hurry madly on. Now their carriage seems more gainly. Now their purple and their scarlet and their gold cloth and their samite shows more brightly in the sunlight. Now their bearing seems more manly. Now their airs grow pompous, stiff, and haughty. Yet with distance fast receding and the peri under gliding, freaks and features new are showing. Freaks and features fierce and wide. Features until now concealed in the hot and sultry air. Freaks such as kings of India think fair. Freaks such as chiefs of Arabia doth wear. Freaks and features, until now, be veiled like distant peaks impaled in cloudy waves of gossamer. Robes of richest color, arms of fiercest valor. Bright plumes above them waving, light steeds beneath them foaming, and the war paint on their faces gives the savage many graces envied by the eastern races, by the forest beaters, by the lotus eaters, 
by the tireless ostrich chasers and the lazy harem keepers. Part Third In the island of the prairie, by the fountain cool and sweet, with the cloudless sky above him, with the pathless plains about, dreaming now no more of elf or fairy, calmly sleeping lies the fearless scout, dreaming now no more of hopes too bright, of courtship vain or broken plight, or heated game or deadly strife, or lady fair he might have won, and many a southern scene, and frolic wild, forgotten never, fandangos by that Mexican river, deeds of daring done in strife, of cowboy tournaments and feats of horsemanship, all real as life, before his vision passes now no more. Nor does he view the sad, sweet past, revealed again in all the weird light of dim fantasy. Nor does he live those long, long summers o'er, as in his dreams erewhile he did, believing they were but the hours of a day. Nor does he heed him now once more, the savage pageantry upon the plain, Yet onward, onward still they come, silent as the executioners of doom, heading for the island on the prairie, heading for the oasis so green, with its bowers fresh and shady, with its fountain cold and crystalline. Onward, onward, till at last they stand upon the green brim of the fountain, there to find the refreshment, not the scout, yet though strange to tell, he lay there still, just hidden by some friendly roses. Nor did they once observe his steed, joined by their coursers in the wood, but seated close around the fountain sparkling, they hear naught else beside their chief's harangue. The Chieftain's Harangue Children of the prairie, minions of brave sitting bull, yours is to obey me as you would your master's will. Yours is to blindly follow wherever I may lead. Yours is to blindly follow. Though the bullets may fall like seed, yours is to blindly follow through the blaze of battle, like the white man's hell, around us all flares up. Yours is to die and serve me. Yours is to shelter and defend. Yours is to remove me, should the blade of battle wound, to some shelter in the hills. If some hostile bullet kills, yours is to consign me to the green and grassy ground. Brothers, Warriors, Red Men Hearken well to what I say. Far off upon the swelling prairie comes a long white wagon train. Comes a band of crafty white men with their women and their children, with their white flocks and their cattle, with their mule teams and their horses, with their tame ducks and their henfowl. You can see them coming, slowly coming, coming at a snail's pace. You can see their lazy oxen slowly moving o'er the prairie. You can see their wagons in a long line, coming straight on, this way, gliding like a flock of white swan, like the marsh birds in the northland, like the clouds that sail the heaven, like the white hills of the snow plain, like the hills that float so high up in the great, big, blue, boundless sky sea, like the white canoes seen on the big sea water, like the steamboats of the great Atlantic, like the warships seen by our headmen when they went to Congress. Washington, when they went to see the gray-haired fathers of the pale-face so accursed. Oft, my warriors, oft, my brothers, oft such sights have seen you, but not upon this grass plain, not so far out here to the northward have you ever seen so many pale-faces with their wagons and their cattle, with their women and their children. Much you wonder, brothers, much you ponder, warriors, much you think of such things, of things so strange and unusual, 
I have warned you, brothers. I have reasoned with you. Now I wish to tell you wherefore the white man brings his house among us. You are well aware, my brothers, of the richness of the mountains, of the gold and silver treasures, of the wild and rugged hills, of the precious metals hidden in the hills far to the westward, and the happy hallowed hills, and the hills so wild and dreamy, and the hills so purple and bright, and the silent sleepy hills, with their dells so green and grateful, with their fountains cool and crystalline, and their banks of silver shining snow, with their lakes of heavenly beauty, and their skies of loving laughing blue, with their plateaus green and grassy, with their valleys full of flowers, with their bee-enlivened copses, with their bird-enchanted bowers, and their blossom-tufted bushes, and their stately forest trees, with their spruce trees and their birches, with their cedars and their song pines, with their light and graceful willows, waving o'er the broad and rushing river, waving o'er the dancing dimpled water, waving o'er the silver-shining stream, with its rounded stones and pebbles, with its mossy banks and islands, with its foamy falls and cascades, and its lovely vistas in the forest. Brothers, warriors, red men, I would kindle your imagination. I would stir your hearts to action. I would fire your lively fancies with these dreams of sweetness, with these thoughts of beauty, with the image of the valley and with the vision of the mountains, of those hills so cool and purple and those hills so wild and dreamy, where grow the trees of petrifaction, where grow the opal and the agate and the gems of rosy luster, where the deep and rocky caverns ever dwell in gloom and darkness, where the wild and narrow gorges and the deep and foaming canyons plow great furrows through the mountains. From the desolate abysses, where the dashless, reckless cascades thunder downward through the valley, downward through that old, enchanted valley by the firehole and the mud springs, past those fountains of hot water, where the booming, steaming geysers spout their columns into midair, wondrous columns, pillars white as snow, pillars like those marble shafts seen in the temples, and those gorgeous temples of the pale face, pillars like those doorposts of the White House, of the great white house of the head man, like those lodgepoles seen by your chieftain when he went to Congress, Washington. These are the scenes, my warriors, that I would portray to you. These are the beauties of our nation. These are the dowers of our fathers. These are the glories of our country, of that land of peace and plenty, of that land of milk and honey, where the forest abounds with wild fowl, where the rivers swarm with fishes and the meadows teem with sting bees where the bison and the wapitas, where the pronghorn and the blacktails roam in countless numbers, where the coney finds his quarry, where the eagle builds his eyrie, where the quail bird and the rabbit of the snow with the season shut off and change their hue, where the silver tip and black bear, where the grizzly giant and the puma, where the mountain wolf and wildcat live together peaceful, tame, and mild-eyed. There, my warriors... There, my brothers, there the fox grape grows most luscious. There the wild plum and choke cherry. There the black cap and the red raspberry ripen with a spicy flavor. There the koala grows most juicy. There the camas sweet and luscious. There the service is most mellow. There the currant and squawberry ripen into golden yellow. There the tarty yerba buena baubles and the lowly modest huckleberries purple all the hillsides. 
There the Kalikanik and the ivy hang with green and crimson festoons, all the walls and fissures of the mountains. There my brothers, there my warriors, there the roses wait us, there the wild birds greet us, there perfumes delight us, there the rivers rushing by lull us with their melody. There the water lily with its petals snowy, with its calyx golden, dwells in all its chastity, dies in all its purity. There the honeysuckle, with its pipes of crimson, with its cups of treacle, with its chalice dewy, tempts the wild bee, tempts the flower fairy from his teepee on the prairie. There my warriors, there my brothers, there we have dwelt since childhood. There our fathers dwelt before us. There our children play and prattle. There our sweethearts wait to meet us. There are the old folks wait to greet us. There our wives prepare a banquet to us. But the pale faces, he would rob us of all this gladness, all this bliss. I, brothers, warriors, red men. He comes our lands to plow and fence up. He comes our game to chase and slaughter. He comes to muddy all our running water. He comes our trees to cut and chop down. He comes our shrines to pilfer and destroy. He comes our catafalques and graveyards to desecrate. He comes our headmen to depose and murder. He comes our wives and daughters to dishonor. He comes ourselves to laugh and jeer at. He comes to steal our gold and silver. He has broken his pledged word and treaty. He has dared to insult our great nation. He has come, defiant of our arms and power. He would pack off, if he could, our whole country. But brothers, warriors, red men, such wrong as this shall never be. Himself instead, his women, children, all shall die. O hearken, warriors, listen, red men, catch well onto what I say. Here, hidden in the bushes, we will lie to shoot and cut him when he comes up. Oh, so grandly, so very scientifically. Much stock he has, you all know, much whiskey, coffee, and tobacco, much sugar and molasses, ha <laughs> much beans and bacon, flour and cornmeal also, much fruit and other good things. Oh my, how you like it, how you long to taste it so much. You shall have it. It shall soon be yours. You shall go home filled up. How delightful. We shall all get drunk. Oh, mighty much drunk. We shall all be rich men. Ha ha. Part fourth. Thus planned those children of the prairie, those painted sons of Ishmael, descended from old Harry and his wife, Anaconda Sabina Cain, daughter of Nod and queen of, well, no matter about the name of that hot place. Suffice it, thus planned those aborigines, whose quest was plunder, pillage, gain. Thus planned those robbers of the desert, who have no pity, and who know not truth, religion, virtue, shame. Thus plan those outlaws, wild and red, who revel in destruction and delight in torture, murder, blood. Thus plan those Parsees of the Platte, who rather shoot than to be shot, who prefer an ambush deep to lie, to shoot the white man passing by, or follow, snake-like, on his track for months, to strike him in the back. But peace, my muse, I meant not those savage frailties to deride, although I did, I guess. They have their faults and virtues, good and bad. Their ways are artless, and their board is frugal, sometimes rather scant. 
They don't get drunk, that is, when they can't. But peace, I care not dull my pen across with their sharp spears. Tis mine to lemon the truth, yet paint their virtue, not their sin. In the island of the prairie, with the pathless plains about, scheming, planning, making merry, set that painted robber brotherhood, set those favored children of old Harry, awaiting yet the hour of pillage and of blood. There, too, the scout lay dreaming, still by chief and warriors noticed not, for o'er his couch the flags and bushes nodding hid his shapely form from sight. But stay, what sound is that, what sight, that makes each savage eyeball glare? Behold, across the hot, dry plain afar, the long white wagon train appears at last. And hark, the shouting, barking, braying, as rumbling, rolling, jolting o'er the plain they come. Happy hearts a-throbbing, heated lungs a-panning, parched lips a-parting, thirsty tongues a-starting, on they come, on they come. Man and team, racing, flying, longing, languishing for the shade tree in the spring. Oh, that man far-seeing, oh, that woman cunning could look into the dim futurity, could read the fate that is to be, could shun the grave there two hasty steps are nearing. But no, life's book is sealed beyond all powers of reading, and it is better so, for were our doom not hidden well, my God, what fear our hearts were daily dreading, what agony our quaking spirits then should feel. In the island of the prairie, Hiding neath that blessed shade lay those red-skinned children waiting, their white-faced brethren to shoot. In that island on the prairie, now no longer slept the scout, but wide awake, so woody, sly and cunning, he was creeping softly toward his steed. Meanwhile, across the prairie, hot and glowing, the long white wagon train comes speeding on. Painting dogs are barking, foaming cattle's lowing, fretful children crying, peevish maidens sighing. Boys laughing, singing, shouting, silent man and woman uncomplaining. What a babble, what a rattle, rumbling of wheels and bellowing of cattle. But hark, what other sound is that? Crash of firearms, noise of battle, patter, clatter, tramp of many feet, shouting voices, flying steed, Indian ponies a stampede, pursuing horsemen, minus coat and hat. Lie down, he cries. Haste, keep out of sight. Make ready to give them bowie knives and lead. Thus calls out Texas Jack as merrily he gallops by, shouting, yelling lustily those Indian ponies to a fright. But all too late, too late, the warning call is given. As lurid as the bolts of heaven, as dire and as deadly those Indian rifles flash and volley, raining hissing leaden messengers about. Already scores of slaughtered cattle heap the bloody sod. Already nearly half the pale-faced band is dead. Yet onward, like the whirlwind's devastating blast, those red-skinned furies pour and howling legions past, striving those frightened cattle and their masters to surround. And him, my God, not here to succor and defend, borne lightly by upon his mettled steed, loudly shouting those ponies to affright, the scout had sped along, scarce conscious of his need. But now the stampede nicely done, he hurriedly returns to join the fray, and see how like a centaur he sweeps down, and deadly firestream pouring from his gun, right into the thickest of the fray he flies. Right where the pattering bullets hiss, unscathed himself by ball or blade, he scatters death and panic in his road, 
Encouraged now, the whites pursue his lead, while, put to rout, the reds fly for the wood, into whose depth they shortly plunge, pursued by foes who seek revenge, pursued by foes whose pistols flash right at their backs, so close the range. Yet on and on, till closing hand to hand, their bowies reek with Indian blood, till lo, thank God, the last red foe is dead. Then proudly trooping from the wood, that handsome scout still in the lead, how loudly, gladly rings their exultant shout. To meet those brave and hardy men, forth from the train the women run. Their daughters, too, and children fair, join in the race and hurry there. And though full half their kin is dead, how blissful sweet it is to meet some dearly loved one living yet. And stay, whose snow-white arms are those entwined, that brave defender's neck so close and lovingly about? Tis she, tis she, his own, his Nellie bright. And see, there stands her brother, too, unhurt. Thank God, cries Texas Jack, and so my bullet only winged you as I meant it should. It did indeed, the tall and handsome lad replied. And now, my brother Jack, I humbly plead forgiveness for my folly and the wrongs I did. You are forgiven, Frank, but pray, why did you challenge me so discourteously and so unprovoked, too? Ah, yes, the tall and manly boy replied. I had forgotten in my joy to mention that. Vile men had lied to me and said that you were but a gambler and a fraud, and that you loved my sister not, but wished to wed her only for her beauty and her gold, and that, when one was gone and the other spent, you would desert her for some other maid, or mayhap murder her, as you had done in other instances, they said. Therefore I challenged you, and shot to kill, but missed, myself to fall, not dead, but stunned. Yet you were told that I lay lifeless, so you fled to this wild land, unconscious of the truth, I see. Quite true indeed, laughed Texas Jack, for lo, I knew that Nellie could but blame and banish me for my unhallowed deed. But now, thank God, we meet again, and as friends, Frank Ironhand, while Nellie dear has promised soon to be my bride. And now my tale is told, reader dear, my presence is required otherwhere. Adieu. With pleasure, I will meet you later.